0: Starting off the week on culture file, Paddy Woodworth is back with another volume of writing about the natural world that everyone should read, or at least have. This time, Paddy has thumbed along the shelf until he comes to H for Haskell, David George, and a book from 2012 in which the biologist watches with almost religious attention a small patch of forest over the course of a year. Here's Paddy Woodworth with his latest addition to the naturalist bookshelf, David George Haskell's The
1: Forest. When laughing children chase after fireflies, David George Haskell writes in The Forest Unseen, they're not pursuing beetles, but catching wonder. And when wonder matures, he continues, it peels back experience to seek deeper layers of marvel below. That is science's highest purpose. Haskell's understanding of natural science is very deep and very, very broad and he communicates his knowledge with enviable fluency. He writes in lyrical prose that often floats towards poetry, yet is always firmly anchored in the material world. The myriad topics he discusses range from the geometry of atoms in a snowflake to the long relationship between culture and nature in American woodlands. He speculates happily about the consciousness of snails, but he recognizes nature's darker sides unblinkingly. All life melds plunder and solidarity, he says. The real wonder though is that he does all this through the meditative observation of just one square meter of old growth forest floor in Tennessee. He goes there almost daily during what he describes as a year's watch in nature. His work draws on William Blake's insight that the infinite resides in the particular, the eternal in the passage of time. From this intense and well-informed focus on one piece of earth, he wanders the entire natural universe from a molecular to a stellar level. He compares his practice to observing the creation and destruction of an intricate mandala by Buddhist monks. Like a mandala, the forest floor takes many shapes and colours, and like a mandala, it is ephemeral, the seasons erasing its images time and again, and then creating them afresh. Haskell sometimes makes his own body part of his experiment. On one bitterly cold day, moved by the capacity of small birds to survive such deep freezes, he suddenly decides to perform what he calls an absurd striptease. He removes all his clothes to experience the winter woodland just as nature created him. His first sensation is one of bracing refreshment. But within seconds, his head is fogged with pain, his skin scorched by the heat streaming out of his body. Stripped of my clever cultural adaptations to the cold, he writes, I'm revealed as a tropical ape, profoundly out of place in the winter forest. That tiny birds can withstand such conditions humbles them. And the humblest members of the plant community in this isolated rural spot can trigger Haskell to discuss grand ecological projects with massive economic impacts in big cities. He observes the power of mosses to absorb and hold water, thus protecting the earth of these steep hillsides from being swept into the valley by floods. This reminds him of a good news story from New York. In the 1990s, the city swapped costly, high-tech water purification systems for the ecological restoration of the Catskill and Adirondack watersheds. This purified the city's water naturally, bringing great savings to citizens and great benefits to biodiversity. So the mandala on the ground becomes a window on the whole world, a stimulus for a thousand stories. From the tender sexual practices of salamanders to the way leaves rearrange their molecules in response to light and shade. But this book is far more than a cabinet of curiosities. Its multiple narratives are united by that sense of wonder we mentioned at the outset. Haskell is a meticulous scientist, but his vision is not limited by scientific categories. The danger comes, he writes, when we confuse the limited scope of our scientific methods with the true scope of the world itself. He believes that the delighted eye and ear are what link us intimately to the natural world that science can only describe. He suggests that it is through evoking this sense of joy and participation in the living planet that we might yet be persuaded to stop destroying it. Nature in itself, he says, can offer us no moral guidance on how to live graciously on this earth. After all, as he puts it, mass extinction is one of nature's many flavors. And yet, he insists that it is the direct experience of nature... The mindful observation of a snail, a squirrel, or an opening leaf that can guide us towards an ethical relationship to our environment. Only by examining the fabric that holds and sustains us, he writes, can we see our place and therefore our responsibilities. And in the end, he discovers that he didn't have to go to an old-growth forest to find his natural mandala. We create wonderful places, he concludes, by giving them our attention, not by finding pristine places that bring wonder to us. So there you have it. You can start your own years' watch in nature right here and right now, wherever you may find living things to wonder at. Paddy Woodworth there squeezing David George Haskell's The
0: Forest Unseen onto the Naturalist bookshelf. As ever, check out the Culturefile page on Lyric or the Culturefile page on SoundCloud for Paddy's full shelf.